0: Bless you with good morning, everyone. Good morning. The last time I shared, it was at this hotel. Yes. And uh, I think it was uh, Arvel, Pastor Arvel said last week about us being at the Marriott. And Nicola, my wife, said to me, oh, we're at the Marriott next week. I really like it there. And I said, yeah, so do I. It's a lovely hotel. It's really nice and, nice and cozy. And, she, I said, and she, then she said to me, I like the smell. I said, what? She said, I like the smell in the hotel. <laughs> But seriously, when you walk into the fire, there's, I don't know what they use, but they use this lovely, it's a lovely aroma and it's so welcoming. And no wonder people want to come back. It's no wonder people want to come back. And you know, when you come into this room this morning, I, I, I hope that you sense the presence of God. You know, because this place is soaked in worship even before you enter. It is. And the, and the Bible says about taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Last week's service, my goodness, I believe last week's service was the first crack in the dam. It was the first crack in the dam that we want to see the breakthrough. Pastor Arvil has said that this is the year of breakthrough for all of us, for each one of us. You know, we've got to believe and we've got to trust God that this is the year of breakthrough. For the church, for each one of us, and for the worldwide church. May God pour out his spirit in the last days. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was going about my normal business, not thinking about anything, and God brought a picture to me. Um, Going back years ago, we'd been on holiday in Devon. and I think somebody might have shared this at some point, but it's a church steeple, it's a big clock, and every time the clock strikes on the hour, the bell rings or the, or the chimes go. And written underneath in big gold letters is written, it is time to seek the Lord. And it's from the book of Isaiah and that uh, Hosea spoke it to Israel. And in the book of Isaiah, we read that the children of Israel in the Northern Kingdom have turned away from God, completely abandoned God, gone away worshiping the Baals and worshiping, worshiping different gods. Hosea was tasked, with warning the people and warning God's people about their unfaithfulness, their ungodliness, and forsaking the covenant covenant that they made with God. But then surprisingly, God speaks to Hosea and tells the prophet to go and marry an adulterous woman and an unfaithful woman. Hosea's dream of a three-bed semi and a Ford Focus on the drive and his kids going to college went up in smoke just at that moment. But he must have been shocked when God asked him. He's a righteous man. He must have been righteous because he stood before the, the children of Israel and he was talking to the children of Israel. But God asked him to do that. And out of his obedience, he married a woman called Goma. And they had three children. And he didn't question, complain, just total obedience to, to the Lord. Then true to form, even though they'd had three children, Gomer went off and committed adultery and went with other men and moved to a different land. And God speaks to Isaiah's people in Hosea. Excuse me. Then we read in Isaiah chapter three, verse one. I don't know if you've got your Bibles with you. If you want to turn to Isaiah chapter three, verse one. We've already read that Hosea, God told Hosea to marry an adulterous woman. She'd committed adultery. She'd gone away. And the Lord said to me, this is Hosea speaking, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. Not only did God ask Isaiah to marry an adulterous woman, God was now telling the righteous man to go and get that woman and bring her back home. But on top of that, he had the privilege of paying for it as well. Isn't God good? Doesn't God surprise us when he asks us to do some things sometimes? God is not asking you to marry an adulterous woman or an adulterous man. So the book of Isaiah, his name means salvation. But it shows God had orchestrated all of this for one purpose. That to show Israel that Israel had forsaken the Lord, her husband. And had become an adulterous nation and an unfaithful people. Completely forsaken her covenant with God. The book of Isaiah really shows us God's heart towards his people. Because even when they were walking away in adultery, committing adultery with, with, with other gods and the Baals, God's heart was still for his people. Yeah. God's heart doesn't change. You know, God's heart is always for us. We've heard it this morning about God's love. God's love and God's heart is always for us. So the lengths and the depth and the breadth that God would go to to bring his people back to himself. And here God is calling Israel back to himself, back to the relationship that God always desired to have with his people, his creation, that's us. Yes. God always wants relationship. He does, he's not interested in what we can do for him, but he's interested in our relationship yes. with him, a father-heart relationship with his child. And we, we, we know in, um, in Genesis, Adam walked with God in the cool of the day to Noah and Enoch, who lived to 300, walked with God 300 years, and then he was not because God took him. And if we read, even in Revelation, the last book, when God speaks to the church at Ephesus, he says, you've done everything correct. You've done everything right. First love. You've forgotten your first love. And that's for us today, that we need to come back to God, back to the first love. So God speaks to his people in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. If you want to turn to chapter 10, verse 12. So God is speaking to the children of Israel. They've gone away. He uses Hosea and he says to the children of Israel, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and reigns righteousness on you. Amen. So, God is instructing Israel to break up the fallow ground. And you know, fallow ground is hard ground. It's been abandoned, it's been left for a while, it hasn't had seed on it. But God is telling Israel to break up the fallow ground so they can receive again the word of God and the truth. God wants our hearts to be fertile ground. He wants our hearts so the word of God can come in and the Holy Spirit can water it. And I believe God is saying to his church today, this church here, every one of us, and to the church worldwide, it's time to come back to the Lord. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to stop playing games with our faith. You know, this isn't a game. Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. The line I want to focus in on this morning, it, it is time to seek the Lord. And the word time is so important. And we all need to know where we are in the spiritual calendar of time. The spiritual calendar of time. According to Matthew 24, we're in the last days. Or we've entered the last days. And I believe most of us would would believe that, that we're in the last days. We only got to look around us, look at the world. It's in the right mess. So time is short, or are we short of time? Time is so precious. But time is the invisible commodity that we all have, each one of us. Time is the invisible currency that we trade with. So it's a commodity and it's, and it's a currency. Whether rich or whether poor, young or old, time cannot be bought, it cannot be owned, and it cannot be stopped. And time is a respecter of no man. So we live by time, we sleep by time, we work by time. All our lives are time limited and time restrained. Even our service here this morning, we came in and we started our prayer meeting at a certain time. We finish it at a certain time. We started the service at a certain time. We'll finish at a certain time. Unless a holy spirit intervenes this morning, which I hope he does. So, businesses use time as a means of currency and sales strategy to sell us their products, promising they will save us time. Technology was promised that it would save us time, but all all it has done is allow us to do things quicker it hasn't saved us time. We are more busier now than we've ever been. So most things in life can be replaced, regained. If we lose our job, we can get it back. If our car breaks down, we can get another. If our teeth fall out, we can get some dentures. <laughs> Children, you don't know what you're missing. No dentists, no fillings, just post and go. But seriously, uh, time is the one thing that we can't replace so we can't get back. Once it's passed, it's called Yesterday. Or called history. And Psalm 90 tells us that the years of our life are 70. 80 by strength, if God allows. Mm-hmm. If you're under 70 this morning, you're in credit. If you're over 70, you're in debit. But you know what? God covers the credit no, and the debit. Amen. amen. God know, yeah. covers the credit and the de- debit. And may God satisfy each one of us this morning yes. with long life in him. Yeah. So, time started with God and time ends with God. He's the author of time, he's the alpha and omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Pastor Arvill said it this morning. He's the eternal one, self-existent, without beginning and without end. And if you try and comprehend in your brain that God is without beginning and he's without end and he's self-existent and we live in this portion of time. My goodness, that'll blow your mind. I don't believe God's given us a capability to even think or comprehend it. I've tried it myself. He's without beginning and he's without end. But God is without beginning. He's self-existent. Ooh, yeah. Wonderful. So each and every one of us here today has subconsciously invested some of their time this morning into eternal matters. And I decided after Pastor Zavalin and asked me to share, to invest 30 minutes of my precious life to try and encourage you this morning. Amen. Yeah. So we've all invested something this morning. We've all invested time. God decided our birth. He decides our passing into eternity. But in between that, between now and then, we decide what we do with our time. How we spend it, whether we waste it or whether we invest it. And I want to speak this morning about investment. And before I start, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not after your money. (laughs) although I asked Nick about his wallet this morning. He said, don't need a wallet, i got a phone. Um, but the Lord is not after your money either, but he is after your heart, and he is after our hearts. Yes. And we only have to listen to the news when we talk about investments, and here are the world economies are, afa- are failing. The banks are failing. They're scared to lend money. Interest rates are rising. Financial markets are unstable. But when the, even when the markets are unstable, they always advise us, to spread your investments. Don't put them all in one place. And there's a saying that don't put your eggs in all, all in one basket. But I want to say this morning, put your eggs in and put your chickens in too. Because anything that you invest in God is eternal Amen. and it's safe. And whatever you invest in God will be richly rewarded. God's word said, says in Hebrews 11, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, talking about investment, each one of us has two important treasures of investment time and free will. And I'm speaking of spiritual investments. And God has allowed each one of us to possess these two invisible things time and free will. So, we can all invest. Every single one of us here today has something to invest. Nobody's excluded. We don't have to be rich, we don't have to be privileged, we don't have to be positioned, we don't have to be titled. We have the choice of where, whom, and how we spend our time. And we all invest our time in something. But where we invest the best of our time shows where each one of us, where our heart is. Where we invest our time shows the best of our time, where our heart is. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. So anything that you invest in God is totally secure because God's economy is eternal. And I believe God would have us all invest our temporal of time into eternal matters. Pastor Ann said a couple of weeks ago about, don't allow time to see your vision of eternity. And uh, th- that's what I had, by the way. God gave that to me a few weeks ago, exactly the same words that you spoke. And I was like, oh, gosh. But I want to say today, allow eternity to illuminate your understanding of time. Allow eternity to understand to illuminate your understanding of time. It's time to invest in the best, Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Yes. It's time to invest in the best, Jesus Christ, for the best is yet to come, Amen. and he's coming back. Amen. If you can turn to Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. If you can turn your Bibles, please. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, mm-hmm. where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in, and, break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And we talked about treasure last week, Pastor And did. It. I'm so glad that she did. But treasures of earth are treasures in time, treasure in heaven is treasure eternal. Treasures of earth are treasures in time. Treasure in heaven is treasure eternal. Safely deposited with God the Father. God is after your heart. If we invest the best of our time into heavenly things, our treasure will be in God. Along with our treasure, our heart will be there also. So God will have a heart. And God wants to set our hearts on spiritual things, not on earthly things. In Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, if then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above yeah. and not on things of the earth. I As I said earlier, Father God is more interested in the relationship with you mm-hmm. than what you can do for him. We've all heard the saying, uh, who you hang around with is who you become like. And it, it's, it, it's a fact. Iron sharpens, Iron Nicola mentioned it this morning. And you become who you hang around with. You hang around with Jesus, you'll become holy. Yes. You hang around with the world, you become worldly. Yeah. You hang around with sinners, you'll become sinful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's who we hang around with. Um, God wants to share every single bit of our life. He's interested in the mundane, when you're tying your shoelaces, when you're washing the dishes, having a shave, hanging out the washing. God is interested yeah. in having a heart relationship okay. with you. You know, last night I went. I, th- I was thought this morning. My son came over with the two grandchildren. Absolutely wonderful. We we love spending time with the grandchildren. It's great. And our son comes over. We went for a walk, and um, we just went down the chippy and uh, bought some fish, some some uh, sausage and chips for the kids. And when I was walking down, we were just talking about everyday things. You know, about uh, his van, about his job, about his life, about the kids. All the boring stuff that nobody else is interested in. But you know, God the Father is interested in the small bits of your life, in the details of your life. I thought I'm interested in everything that Reese is about. Not just what he does for me, not just it's who he is. I'm interested as a father to a son, you know, interested in every single detail about that boy's life. Sorry a lot. And You know, God is like that with us. He doesn't want us distant. He doesn't want us cold. He doesn't want a relationship with us, his children, far away, not connected. He wants that father-heart relationship with each one of us. And each one of us this morning, we've heard Pastor Arville say about the love of God. You know, some of us haven't been loved you know, we know maybe some of us haven't experienced that love, but God wants us to experience that love this morning. He wants you to have your hearts open to listen to what God is saying today because God wants that heart relationship with you, that love relationship with you. It's not based on works. It's based on faith. It's based on faith. I've got war and peace here. I hope you haven't booked lunch. So, Prioritize his presence above position or title. Prioritize his presence above position or title. Lucy, you mentioned it in the prayer this morning. Prioritize his presence above position or title. We can all have titles in life. We can all chase things. We can all chase jobs. We can chase more money. We can chase for the next thing. But God wants us to prioritize his presence above position or title or anything that we can gain in this world, any title that we can gain off any man or any work or anything that we do ourselves, prioritize his presence above everything else because that's, that's what God wants to say to us this morning. It's for each one of us to prioritize that time with God to his presence that we can become like Jesus. In Matthew 13, 44, if you want to turn to Matthew 13:44. Again, Jesus spoke a parable about the kingdom of heaven to his disciples. He said to his disciples, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. If we can imagine a man finding treasure, hiding it in a field, buying in that field, knowing that there's treasure in that field and doing absolutely nothing about it. Each one of us this morning would say, that's madness. You've invested in that, but each one of us we do it all the time. We've entered into the field. We've entered the sheep gate. And we don't fully commit to discover the treasure that's hidden beneath the ground. We've forgotten the value. Some of us have forgotten the value of what we have in Jesus Christ. Forgotten the value. What's hidden? The hidden treasures of God, of seeking God. And each one of us needs to come back to that. I believe there's three categories of person. I believe we stand, I stand in one of these categories. And the first person is the observer. So he'll enter the field through the sheep gate, but he'll forget what's hidden beneath the ground and the treasure that's hidden underneath. The second person is the detectorist. I've only heard that recently, it's a new word for me. So the detectorist will go over the ground with a metal detector, searching below the ground, very shallow ground, for treasure or for things that really reflect what's deep hidden under the ground. And then you get the third person who's the miner. He realizes that what he has or what he's got in Christ is the most valuable thing that he can ever acquire. And the treasure that's buried deep down in the ground. The miner has invested every single Thing that he has to discover the true riches that are found in one person in Christ alone. In Christ alone. So, the good news I have for you this morning is that whatever category you find yourself in, and each one of us will know where we stand and where we are. Are we an observer? Are we a detectorist? Are we just skimming the surface? Or are we like the miner who's digging deep with God? But the good news is that each one of us can move from an observer to a detectorist and to a miner. The choice is ours and the choice stays with us. But I want to ask you a question this morning and it's between you and God, but what will your investment be? What will your investment be in God? I watched a wonderful documentary recently called The River at the Centre of the Earth. Lucy, again, what you spoke this morning, 200 years ago, was a man called Federico Lindner. And I didn't make up that name. His name was really, poor guy, Federico Lindner. He discovered, so he discovered a river that flowed in Slovenia. And it flowed on the top of the ground. And then all of a sudden, it disappeared under the ground. And for around 50 miles, it ran under the ground. And then it came back up and it flowed into the Adriatic Sea. So this guy, Frederico, lived in the place. I can't remember the name of the town, but the town was desperate for water. The town was desperate for water. So, Frederico set out to find the water, to discover the river and to extract it at its most abundant flow, where the water flows in its most abundance which is deep down under the earth. Federico, using his men, the traditional methods of, uh, methods of extraction, he dug through the rock, the earth, and all sorts of minerals, looking for the source of the water, hundreds and hundreds of meters down. Everything that this guy had, everything, every penny, even his health, he invested in this. He invested everything. He did discover a cave that he seen a little bit of the flow of water that he wanted to extract, but nobody'd invest. Unfortunately, he died when he was forty. But it cost him absolutely everything to look for the source of water. The source of water that would water everybody. Roll on two hundred years later, there's a group of three guys who heard about the river. It's called the Riga Timarvo. And they heard about the dream of Federico and finding the river that flows deep under the ground. And they devoted years and years, spending all their spare time digging through rock and clay. And you cannot believe in this documentary what they what they went through. There's little things like, I'd never get through, but there's little openings like that that they squeezed through and pulled themselves through, going hundreds and hundreds of meters down to discover this water, the hidden water. And the... They wanted to find exactly what Frederico had been looking for. So there was carbon monoxide and all sorts of dire conditions, and they risked their lives every time they went down, these three men. But the men had caught the dream. But on on this program, they had massive grins on their faces as they spoke with such passion and such determination that they set their faces like flint, on one thing in their lives, discovering the river that is hidden deep underground where the abundance of water flows at its best. Nothing, nothing could stop these men. Not one thing would stop them. Eventually, they discovered the river and the treasure that they'd be looking for. And church, each one of us, that's for us today. God wants us to dig deep. God wants us to find the living water where it flows in abundance. And each one of us can do that. No one's excluded. You know, whatever you've been through, whatever you are, each one of us can dig deep and find the living waters of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 7, verse 7, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. And knock and it will be opened to you church of living waters are deep they're real deep and it's time for us to start mining for the living waters as a church and individually we'll need to dig deep to discover the source we'll have to overcome obstacles to remove anything that hinders us anything that's in our lives that stops the flow of God until we have that breakthrough the breakthrough we've been seeking for and submerge ourselves in the deep waters of God there we'll find our delight and our satisfaction in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus said in John 7, whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his, out of his belly will flow, river, flow rivers of living water. Will flow rivers of living water. We have to come back to the source. Yeah. We have to come back to God. We have to find the source. And it's time to seek the Lord. And now is the time to seek the Lord. Amen. We all want to see revival in our lives, each one of us in our families, in the nation, and it starts with seeking the Lord. It starts with seeking God. You know, if we have his presence, we have it, have everything. If we don't have his presence, we have nothing. Amen. There's nothing else, there's nothing worth living for on this earth apart for the presence of God because the presence of God, God is eternal. Our lives are eternal. Our lives are in God and God wants to tell us today or oh, it's time to seek him with all that we are and come back to the source. Come back to the source. There was a British evangelist. I don't think he's that well known. Maybe some of you might have heard of him. But he was born in 1860. And he had a 70-year ministry that was all over the world. Wonderful guy. He not once held an evangelistic meeting without someone being saved. Not once. Not one meeting. Every, there was always salvation in the house. Every single time. But someone came up to him once and said, Rodney, how can I start a revival? How do we start a revival? And this is what he answered. Go home, lock yourself in the room, kneel down in the middle of your floor, draw a choke mark all around yourself and ask God to start the revival inside that choke mark. Mm -hmm. And when when he's answered your prayer, the revival will be on. We can cry for revival, we can shout for revival, but it starts with seeking God. And it starts with us seeking God. It starts in us. Revival starts in us. Revival starts in us. And God wants to revive each one of us. He wants to revive a nation. He wants to revive Stratford. He wants to revive his church. He doesn't want his bride to be down. He wants his bride to be risen, standing up. He wants his bride to be beautiful, without spot and without wrinkle. And it starts with seeking God. It starts with the presence of God. The presence of God in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And as you've listened this morning, and as I've spoken, I believe this is the word that God has given me for us today. Some of us might need to drop the anchor. Some of us might need to drop the anchor. Stop, st- stop the ship completely take stock of our current position and readjust the navigation and set our hearts on the one thing again. And set our hearts on the one thing, which is seeking the Lord. You know, we can be a few degrees off, we can be dozens of degrees off, but if we're going in the wrong direction and we're going out to sea, we'll either be lost or we'll become shipwrecked. God doesn't want that for any one of us. He doesn't want that for any one of us. In Jeremiah 23, we heard that uh, the scripture a couple of weeks ago. God says, you will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So that's a promise from God. God wants us to find him. He's not unobtainable. God wants each one of us to find him. He's a father. He wants his children to find him. So prioritize the pursuit of his presence. Our satisfaction is found in God alone. You know, we all have this desire in us, each one of us, to draw, to know God. Um, in Ecclesiastes 3, we say, uh, Solomon says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. God has already set eternity in the hearts of men. Our souls are eternal. We're eternal. And God is eternal. And we have this draw into God, everyone. Everyone has these questions. We're here for 70 years. That can't be the end. 70 years. My life is just 70 years. And that's the end of it. Surely there can be that. And it's not that. Because our eternal being is crying out for God's eternal Father heart to be reconciled. To be reconciled. Myself and Martin were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, You'll remember in a minute, Martin. God created the universe created the universe to function like a watch and we discussed the the cogs that all the cogs are perfectly together in a watch or a clock so that we can have a perfect indication of time perfect aligned watch god made the world to pattern everything in his creation everything has a purpose everything in his creation has a purpose we see it in nature. One animal cannot survive without the other. Insects, bees, and pollen. Yeah. Everything is made to pattern as God intended, just like Noah's Ark was made to pattern with stru- strict instruction on construction and function. Blinging that was a mouthful. With strict, don't write that again, Nick. Everybody's <laughs> joking. With strict instruction on construction and function. So we, we have been created to pattern, to function as God has intended. And God intended us to be connected to him, not separated. We were always intended to be connected to God. When God created us, we are always to be in relationship with him. Always to be. That's God's heart. So is God going to be your pursuit and heaven, our provision? It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek the Lord. So the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. God's heart and our heart. And I believe God wants a heart-to-heart with each one of us this morning, individually. And where's your heart this morning? Where's my heart? Are we seeking God? Are we serious about our faith? Are we really seeking God's heart or are we just playing games? Are we really seeking the deep things of God? If if you're not seeking God, what's stopping you? Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe being been hurt by another church. Maybe another Christian. God knows. You know. Whatever is stopping you, whatever has distracted you along the way, maybe look for other things to comfort you in the world. Maybe your heart's been broken. Maybe your heart's been broken through relationship or by a father, by a mother, by a relative. Maybe your heart's in pieces. But this morning, God is saying to you, even your broken pieces bring to him. Even your broken pieces bring to him. Because he's the mender of broken hearts. Jesus is the mender of broken hearts. Isaiah 61 says, He came to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. We started the message with God's heart and God's love. Revealed in Isaiah when we said the scripture, it's time to seek the Lord. Mm -hmm. We've heard about the commodity of time and the investment of time and seeking God and looking for the hidden treasure and the living waters. And I want to finish what I started with God's love. The flow of God's love flows from heaven Mm -hmm. to earth through Jesus Christ, his son. The father's heart Mm -hmm. and his desperate, desperate love for his creation that is lost and walking in darkness. Mm -hmm. A man's heart. Man's heart, desperate, need of forgiveness and light. You know, the world is looking for an answer. The world is looking for an answer and it doesn't know where the answer is. It's looking to everything. It's looking to technology. It's looking to leaders. But the answer is found in Jesus Christ. The answer is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And Jesus Christ alone. Deity and humanity meet together in one place. It's on the cross of Calvary. It's on the cross at Calvary in Jesus Christ, God's one and only son. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And he is the only door to God the Father. He is the only door to God the Father. It's time to seek the Lord, church. It's time to be serious about our faith. I know a lot of us are serious about faith. And a lot of us are not serious about our faith. But God would say to each one of us, it's time to be serious. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. And God wants us to be ready. Angus, you preached on this with the ten virgins about being ready. And God wants each one of us to be ready to be in relationship, in the right standing with him. It's time to seek the Lord. Let's pray. close our eyes.